30 for 30 this week, we have uh, Illini softball coach Lance McMahon. He's the pitching coach in charge of the uh, Illini Arms this year, and uh, they're getting ready to kick off their season this weekend, headed to Florida um, to take on some Big Ten opponents. It's an all-Big Ten uh, schedule this year, so it's something a little different. Um, but uh, obviously, they're excited. After missing last season, they got to be excited to, to get back on the dirt. What are you thinking, Lance, right now? Yeah, it is super exciting. Um, it's been, we're approaching the one year mark um, since our last official game. Um, and, you know, this year we've had an extended preseason. So I know the girls are super, super excited to get outdoors, get onto the dirt, get some vitamin D um, and see some new faces and uh, some new opponents. So yeah, we're super stoked. Vitamin D is good for COVID too. So maybe that's a, that's a good thing. That's what they say. So, so it'll be keep you guys safe down there. So as you, it's a, obviously it's been a weird year for you as you go into this season. So I'm going to ask you a couple of things that I don't know that you can answer. What are your, what do you think your team's strengths are going into this season? And I know it's hard because a lot of these girls, you've never really seen play in the, in the action. You know what I mean? You haven't really seen them play in big 10 play. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think last year we were young in a lot of positions. Um, this year, you know, we do return a lot of our lineup, our starting lineup. Um, but again, it is in a limited capacity. Um, so we have had an extended break here and it's been fun to see kind of the trends that develop through college softball. Um, and it kind of looks like offense has taken taken over a little bit you know Oklahoma hit 13 home runs in their first game of the year um, single game uh, and it, it kind of feels like the, the defense is just a little bit lacking um, overall um, but for us in general I, we have our entire infield back we have our entire pitching staff back we've added a few arms um, so we feel pretty confident that we have the kids in place to go out and compete and uh, compete for a Big Ten championship uh, we'll just have to see how the, the pieces fall into place, but we feel super confident. Uh, we are just missing that Big Ten experience factor. Unfortunately, we were about a week away from Big Ten play last year uh, before everything got shut down. So um, none of these kids have, not a lot of these kids have Big Ten experience, but um, a lot of other teams are in the same boat too. So um, we're excited and, and ready to ready to hit the ground running here. As far as your, you know, your pitching staff, you've been able to add um, a couple of girls who were really successful at, at other schools. Um, uh, and, you know, you were excited. I know she started off last year. You brought in a, a transfer from Youngstown State last year who had a fantastic year there, set strikeout records. And um, and then she comes in last year. And she actually was really looked like she was really effective. I mean, her record was only 500, but she really threw the ball well for you. Do you feel like uh, it's at Eddie Jarvis, right? And so you've got a really good good player coming in there to to mix with the ones you already have what are, what are your how's she developing on, on this past year yeah um she was a little injured in the fall so she was in and out a little bit in the fall um and then the spring um and through christmas break to put a ton of work in and i feel like she's really starting to hit her stride within the last three to four weeks here um, has been really throwing the ball with uh, a good amount of velocity, spinning the ball really well. Um, probably the best she's looked since I've seen her. Again, we've only had her for one full calendar year now, and that's even in a limited capacity given COVID. Um, but I feel like she is in a really, really confident space right now. Um, you know, her and Sydney uh, Sickles, our other, uh, I guess, junior pitcher now, um, were really kind of our one-two punch last year. So um, they look like they're going to just pick up where they left off last year. So. Uh, it's been exciting, and I know Addie's, Addie's uh, ready to go. 
And Sydney is another one. She's had, you know, she's got a lot of experience uh, for you coming in, you know, and even though she missed last year, she had the experience before and she's a little bit of a different kind of pitcher. When you watch her, I, I know that maybe guys who don't follow softball, but I mean, this girl can really spin it. I mean, she gets it. You, you, you go back to the dugout. I know kids go back to the dugout wondering why they can't hit it. I mean, it's not that it doesn't throw that hard. Just the ball moves, it spins and, and, and she's really effective with that. Yeah, that has always been her um, bread and butter, so to speak. Um, so this offseason, we've been working on, um, you know, adding a little bit of a change up, throwing down in the zone a little bit more. Like you said, she's a good up ball uh, spinner type, and she has increased her velocity in three or four miles an hour. So it's not might have did her freshman year. Um, she has made a lot of really good strides, not only in the circle, but in a leadership capacity for us too. Like you said, she has um, really the most experience on our team outside of Bella Loya, um, our senior catcher. Um, so she is going to be a mainstay for us, no doubt. Um, but she does everything really well, but it's just her leadership and how she carries herself that is really makes her... Uh, makes her who she is. So we're super excited about that. Again, we have some newcomers on the pitching staff. Um, so I'm really excited to see how she can uh, put them under her wing and and get the ball rolling here. One thing about your pitchers, and sometimes you get in this, uh, you look at schools and they recruit like a certain type of pitcher. Like we're going to get this pitcher or that pitcher. One thing about your, you've got a total, you've got all different, all shapes, all sizes. They all throw a little different. You've got, you know, Tori McQueen's a left-hander you have coming in. She's different than, Addie or Sydney. And so you, you've got a really nice mix. Um, is it going to be maybe the, you know, maybe you don't have a, you know, a, a Fouts like they have at Alabama or something like that, but you've got the ability to kind of mix and match and, and do things as a staff. Yeah. And it's one thing when I first got here, we really wanted to develop um, over time and it does take a lot of time to really uh, get the pieces into place. Um, but with the addition of Tori McQueen, a freshman from Indiana, uh, it's really going to give us a lot of um, flexibility and matchups. Um, again, we've already looking at a lot of Big Ten teams with a lot of lefties, lefty hitters. Um, you know, Tori could come in there and throw e even two innings to those lefties and, and get them off balance a little bit. Um, and then, uh, like I kind of said before, the, the velo change, um, you know, Addie Jarvis throws a little bit harder. She's in the mid 60s. Um, Sydney's a little bit low to mid 60s. Um, and the, the velo change with that could give us a good setup. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Whenever I was coaching in the MPF uh, with the Bandits, uh, we had seven arms, seven really good arms. Um, so we got to do that. We got to um, manage, like truly manage the staff. And I feel like this year is probably the first year at Illinois where we can, we can do that as well. Um, and playing a team four times in the Big Ten, um, we couldn't have picked a better year for that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Coaching in the NPF, that's kind of like a kid in a candy store right there, isn't it? I mean, that's some you get some pretty elite athletes there. Yeah, it was uh, just All-American after All-American after All-American. <laughs> um, you know, we drafted uh, Kelly Barnhill as the number one overall pick who was just outstanding at the University of Florida. Um, and we had some lefties in there. We had Paige Lowry, Lowry from Oklahoma and um, Haley Wagner from Michigan. So we got to do that. We got to say, hey, there's five lefties coming uh, five out of the six next, next are lefties. Uh, let's get Paige Lowry in here and throw 75 and from the left <laughs> side and then get her out. Yep. Uh, so it was it was really fun. Like you said, a kid in a candy shop, 
uh, I got to stay up, watch some film and say, all right, whenever this scenario arises, we're going to do this. Um, it was a ton of fun. I learned a lot. And now uh, I feel like I can bring that experience to Illinois and, and do some of the th same things. Yeah, of course. You can't talk about this, but I know you have another lefty coming in 2022. You can't mention. I can because she's my one of my high school players, Delaney Chumley, and I'm really excited about get to coach her this spring um, after missing last year. So you got more lefties coming, so a little bit more help. I, I will now a couple of kids that I know on your team. Um, you've recruited a lot of local kids. Um, you've been able to in Illinois. You've brought in some local kids. I know. I actually coached a couple of kids that you have. Uh, Jesse Damry who is a freshman local kid and also Lakin Wagner, who's a grad transfer. I got to coach them in the travel circuit over the years. And uh, so you, you are able to recruit locally and bring those kids in. Uh, how, how does that really bolster your program being able to get those local? Yeah, it does in a lot of ways. Um, first and foremost, there's a ton of talent in Illinois uh, from, you know, Quincy to Chicago to Rockford, um, all of Danville, there is a ton of talent in Illinois. So, um, our recruiting coordinator, Laura Trout, has really made it a uh, mainstay to keep the home kids home as best as we can. Um, and what that does, it really just increases our brand. You know, um, we, had, we had Taylor Edwards a couple years ago. Um, I feel like she had like her own fan base coming in uh, and taking over the bleachers. And that's exactly what it does. It gets the public more interested in the, in the program. Um, it gets fanfare increased. Um, and it makes people in the area want to invest in our program as they see these local kids going up against some nationally ranked um, teams and athletes. Um, it makes it all more worthwhile for sure. Yeah, Taylor Edwards is an interesting one. She's she's that's about as good an athlete as you're going to see um, when you just leave. I'm going to play. I'll, I might pitch now. I think I'll pitch and throw it 67, 68. And then I'll go play basketball my last year. I mean, that, that's yeah. kind of an impressive, uh, impressive athlete right there. It is. We are so proud of Taylor. And now she's uh, joined the coaching ranks. And it's funny now. Um, she will she'll call every now and then and be like, these high school kids are giving me great hair coach, great, great <laughs> hair coach, Lance. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's accomplished so much just on the basketball court, on the softball field, in the classroom. Um, really proud of her. And again, another person that raises the brand because they want to really fight for the orange and blue because that's all they've ever known. You know what I mean? So you get a little bit of more intrinsic motivation uh, from all those local kids. Taylor was definitely no different. Yeah, so now I, I do have to give you a little bit of a hard time, though. Um, you know, you got the orange and blue now, but historically, you know, you're, you're a Mizzou guy, right? And so, so we have to, you know, kind of razz you a little bit about that. I mean, you, you've gotten rid of all the Mizzou colors, though, now, right? I have. My parents have not. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I grew up in Missouri. Uh, I actually grew up an Illinois fan. Um, I grew up an Illinois fan and watching D Brown do his thing in 05, 06 days. Um, that kind of got me on board. Um, but when it was time to go to college, uh, things never things, things didn't work out for Illinois, but I always had them in the, the back of my mind for sure. Um, but I made my way back here. So, uh, yeah, all the, all the black and gold is, is in the closet and it pretty much stays there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you might get in trouble wearing that around, around champagne. So it yeah. probably wouldn't go over well. So they get it, but you've got, so you've got a little background and I don't know, people maybe softball's not the sport, like a basketball, football, where people are always, you know, kind of watching it, but you've got a background also, uh, you know, your pitching background and you had some sisters that played and then you kind of got into through, through that. But then um, 
also you you got to work with probably in my opinion you know i tend a lot of these softball clinics you know the the two people that i love hearing talking pitching are michael white and beth tarina and you got to work with one of those at lsu talk about your experience and what you gained from that yeah it was it was life-changing honestly um you know at mizzou too they had doug gillis uh who was gillis. a world-renowned yes. uh men's fastest player on the U.S. national team. Um, and then I went from that to uh, Beth Tarina. So it was, it was, I was a, a sponge at all times. Um, you know, I think whenever I went to LSU, I had like some very certain ways about how I thought this would go. Um, and Beth really opened up some new things that I'd never even would have probably considered. Um, but again, she was, we were working with Rachel Pico and Carly Hoover and Ellie Wall Jaspers of the world. Um, so yeah, I got mentored by, I was super, super lucky. Like, again, I was right place, right time type of thing happened. And I can't, um, express how gratifying it was being in those moments, um, with Beth, with Doug and Pete, and, uh, Aaron Earlywine. Uh, it really made me the coach I am today for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great experience. The Bayou is, uh, a totally different culture that I had no idea was even a thing until I went there. Um, you know, they just got done with Mardi Gras. I know it's COVID edition, but um, it, it was crazy down there. Uh, but it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, SEC. I mean, SEC softball wise is pretty impressive conference. And you know, you, you know, and you know, we were talking about hitting kind of taking over for uh, college softball. When when LSU gives up 13 runs to Alabama, you know that it's kind of a, definitely a hitting era right now. So yeah, you can you can definitely tell. You know, I was batting around the question in my head, like I wonder who gained the most from all the off time or who suffered the most from all the off time. And uh, the hitters seem to be on the inside track for sure. And I think there are a lot more errors where, than we accustomedly see. Uh, that could be, you know, anybody can go in a, in a cage or a barn or a shed and hit off a tee, but it's hard to get a catcher and pitch or it's hard to get someone to hit you ground balls. Um, yeah. So I think we might be seeing a trend here for sure. Yeah. So a little, little history. I, uh, those names you're bringing up, you know, Aaron Early Wine got to play against him back in the day. Now, Doug Gillis, see, I, I do have a little bit of a personal story with Doug Gillis. So one year he he ended my season, like the state tournament, he beat me one to nothing pitching. I was pitching on the other team. And then the national tournament, we faced them. And I hit a home runoff, Doug Gillis, which is, trust oh. me, I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, because he's really team, good. Yeah. But then they they hit a two run double and beat me two to one, so it still didn't matter. Yeah. So so it, it is what it is. But you know, great memories playing the game, and and uh, so it's fun to hear those names when you you mention them. Those guys were fantastic players. I mean, much better than me. But uh, every once in a while, we get lucky. So uh, yeah. is there as you kind of look at pitching philosophy, and you, you we like I love talk pitching, and as you get into it, do you is there a poor or is there a power finesse, or is it just kind of mix and match? You find girls that just get outs is there is there something you look for that kind of separates this kid from that kid for you um I I think the biggest thing I put a premium on these last few years is a good change up um you know you can have your finesse and you can have your power or you can have your kids like Brianna Wonderly who would just locate the heck out of the ball and change speeds um you can have all that but if you don't have a change up it's going to be really hard to neutralize some of those things um, so now in recruiting, I'm putting a pretty big premium on change-ups um, because I do think they're the great equalizer to a lot of things. You can, it opens a lot more doors um, if you are a power pitcher to throw maybe a little bit more on the wide of the plate 
uh, if you are that finesse pitcher, it might look, it might um, make your hard stuff seem a bit harder, even though it's not. Um, so I, I, I have put a, a pretty big, big premium on that um, in the recruiting aspect of the game, for sure. Is there a, and I guess that's one of those things, you're, you're getting kids who, who are 18, they've, some of these kids have been pitching since they were seven years old. They come in when they're 18, and I know they come to camps with you and things like that, but so they come in. How hard is it to, to I mean, they, they've, you, you know that how they are. They, they've had this pitching coach since they were seven, and we won this tournament, and, and, and you're trying to – how hard is it to kind of tweak things? Because I, I, I don't think you probably have time to overhaul everything, but you can make little tweaks to try and adjust things. How hard is it to get that kind of buy-in or to, to make them – you know, to get them to kind of change those little things? Yeah, uh, good question. It is hard for sure, um, but I do think we're getting them at the perfect time in their lives where everything is new. Um, you know, it's their first – it's their first time away from home on a massive campus, every, like everyone's telling them all these new things to try and do and to, and to experiment with. Um, so I think it makes our job a little bit easier in that realm to say, hey, here's another thing to do. Um, but their freshman year, uh, we really just wanna go with their strengths in my opinion and, and um, you know, have some developmental talks uh, down the road. That way there is some normalcy, there is some comfort for them um and then as we kind of progress a little bit unless it's like a glaring weakness that we need to address right now um we, we can have those talks as they get a little bit more comfortable and then that gives them time to put say into what is what is happening too um i think if i if i was just to tell them hey this is what's going to happen um you're not going to get much buy-in um i need them to actually foster some ideas and give them back to me um that way if if they think of it then they're going to be more invested to do it um, is, is another thing that I've learned here. Um, so that, that's kind of um, how I work around that. Yeah, it's very important, I think, for those kids to really take ownership in it because they, they believe in it a little more than and and sometimes they can see yes. it like, you know, it's easy for you to say, hey, if you don't do this, it's going to happen. Then they go out in a game and they do it and they give up a three run bomb and they're like, oh, maybe he was right. You know, so, so maybe it's learning by experience <laughs> opens those doors, too. So um, is there a Yes. So how much, how much can you change? Like how much does, how much can they gain? Like you guys, obviously, uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff that the, you know, the basketball and football team do with their strength training. You guys are also really big on your strength training and, and developing their bodies. And how much can they gain? How much can a pitcher gain um, in the course of their four years uh, velocity wise? You know, they come in at 57, 58. What can you get them to you think, or does it, does it vary? Yeah, I, I do think it varies, um, but I do think there is a good amount that you can accomplish in the, the four years. Um, you know, Sydney Sickles came in, I think her first bullpen as a freshman, she was maxing out at like 57 or 58, and now she's maxing out at like 63 to 64. Um, again, that, that's a huge kudos to our strength staff and everything that she's invested in, um, getting her body in the strongest possible shape. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like in softball, a pitcher is really good at maybe throwing down on the zone a lot. Uh, as you get into college, we might have to develop that up in the zone pitch, um, whether it have like a curveball variation or what. That does take time. That takes years. Uh, um, so I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I hold behind like mop, um, but by the time they leave, they look totally different. 
Um, and I think a lot of people are going to see that in Sydney this year, just because she's been around the longest. Um, you know, she's starting to feel more down the zone a little bit, which she would, was never even a possibility her freshman year. Yeah. Again, that is uh, a testament to her strength, being really uh, building up her wrist muscles so that her wrist can do different things. Um, but yeah, I think with, with four years of intentional work, you can get you can get a lot done for sure. Yes, it's a and and you know Sydney was all rise curve you know early on it's just throw the keep throwing the, everything going up 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 and and then you get that you know now if she can you know have both levels change eye levels do those different things that's definitely gonna make her even more uh, even better there so as you as you kind of look back I mean as you're uh, as you look to the future how do you guys you know it, last year obviously you didn't get to have a season and, and last year you were you were young but you felt like you had some young talent and you felt like you were gonna be you know pretty competitive. And two years ago, obviously, you're very competitive. And how do you feel like you're going for the future? What do you think you're building? And where, where do you think you can go from here? Yeah, I, I fully believe that we're going to contend for a Big Ten championship um, this year and in the coming years, uh, in the near years to come. Um, you know, whenever I, I first got here, we were still transitioning a little bit. Tyra was still in her second year whenever my first year was here. Um, so now I feel like we have a lot of the kids in place as we map some of these things out a few years ago um, to get this to get the job done. Um, and again, it, it's it's going to be moving parts with COVID and stuff. But um, I feel like within the next three to four years, we could contend for a Big Ten championship uh, year in, year out. And that'll set us up uh, nicely for the national scene because the Big Ten is so competitive um, and they usually have about uh, two to three hosts. Uh, in the NCAA tournament. So once you get that, once you get to that point, anything can happen. Um, you know, you host, host a regional, get to a super regional, then it's it's all bets are off at that point. Yeah, and we've seen some Big Ten teams do that. You know, Minnesota a couple of years ago, Michigan obviously is, you know, year in and year out. And so you've seen some Big Ten teams have some really good success, Ohio State as well. So you guys, and you know, Illinois has been there. They've been almost to the, you know, they all came close before. So so we're definitely something we're looking forward to. So as a pitcher, as a pitching coach, what do you think is the hardest thing? We'll go a few short answer questions here. What do you, what's the hardest to defend? Is it power or is it speed? Which is the one that's hardest for you maybe as a, as a coach to try and defend against? Um, I would probably personally say speed. Speed kills. Uh, speed has like no off days. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And again, I feel like a good changeup can neutralize a lot of, a lot of power things, but you know, Again, pitching for myself, you can make such a good pitch, and then you'll have like a Keanu Sterling type of a slapper come and like barely touch the ball, and then be on first base, and then first pitch steal second base. Like you gave up a double by giving up by making a really quality pitch. You literally just gave up a double, and the ball didn't even leave like 30 feet in front of home plate. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, power, power stuff too, for sure. But I feel like they have a little bit more off days and speed is just always there, always in your face. Um, so. Yeah. I, I, I always hated pitching the guys who just would foul pitches off the first at bat of the game. And they hit like 10 balls into the third base dugout, a lefty slapper comes up there and you're just like, dude, hit it fair. I mean, come on, this is getting old, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no question. It's, it's tough. So as you look at kind of your team and you say you have all the infield back, I mean, does that help you defend those things? You feel like your defense is going to be one of the strengths for this squad? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Avery Steiner is a third year starter now. She's one of our captains at second base. Um, Katie Wingerter uh, has a full year of experience under her belt, a year and a half really uh, with COVID. Uh, she's a transfer from Northern Illinois. Uh, and then Delaney Rummel played pretty much every game at third base last year. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do think it's gonna be one of our strengths. Um, you know, we were just talking earlier about ways we can shift and um, really give our defense another layer of advantage um, as we're pitching into a few things. But um, I do think defense is going to be one of our um, really big strengths this year, for sure. You, you mentioned shifts. That was going to be my next thing. So great segue. But it, how do you, you know, you know it, obviously the game's changed over the years. I mean, it used to be, this is where the second baseman stood. This is where the shortstop stood and the third baseman may come in, you know, but everybody you might shift a couple steps, but nothing, how much you've seen more and more shifts in softball, maybe not like the major leagues do where they've got, you know, everybody on one side of the field, but you've seen more shifts where people are moving people to, to one side of the field and shifting guys over or girls over. How, how, how do you think, how have you guys adjusted to that, the new analytics and the new way to shift and change the game? Yeah, there is a ton of data out there. And, um, you know, we have spray charts generated for every single hitter we're going to face. And again, it has where they're hitting, what counts they're hitting in, what pitches they're taking. I mean, it has everything you could possibly ever want. Um, so now it's a matter of our, our pitchers consistently hitting their spots to pitch into these shifts um, is the first question. And now that we have that box uh, pretty much checked, uh, how do we give our defenders a one-step advantage? Um, again, hindsight's only 20-20. Um, but I feel like the the new thing right now is bringing that outfielder in for slappers. I think a lot of college teams are doing. Um, they'll bring the right fielder in and play like a second shortstop and only two outfielders. Um, that is actually one thing we missed in the pro league too with uh, Paige Lowry because she threw so hard. Um, so yeah, we're, it's definitely something we're going to be exploring more with more conversations than we've probably ever had. I don't know if we'll do anything drastic. It'll probably be like one or two steps this way. Um, and one or two steps that way to give us the, the extra little advantage there. But uh, it's definitely something that's up and coming in our game for sure. Yeah, I've seen that, the extra outfielder on the left side there. And it's kind of weird because, you, you know, you, you feel like, you know, this is really going to work. But then you make that one mistake and they pull it into the right field corner and you're in big trouble because they're running all day, right? <laughs> so right. <laughs> it can be a little dangerous. Yeah, getting high time, it's only 2020. Yeah. So. yeah. So yeah, we're playing the averages. And I think that's what all that's about. Is there a, so as you look at this weekend, what's it going to be like down there? I know you are playing like, you know, series uh, doubleheader this weekend against different teams. And then later on, it's like three game sets and stuff. So wh what are you expecting? Are there going to be fans in attendance or what's it going to look like down there? Um, well, it's going to be warm, which we're <laughs> yes. super excited about. Better than here. Uh, first and foremost. Uh, yeah, there will be limited fans in, in attendance. Um, again, all 14 teams will be at this one site um, playing at a lot of different fields. Um, and we start out with Rutgers the first day, Maryland, and then Michigan on the back end. And um, I, again, I, I don't know if I said this on the start, but I think pitching depth is going to be so huge in this whole key um, to really get things done because six games in a weekend is something we've never done before. No one on our roster has done before. Um, so it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so pitching depth is going to be is going to be key. But I think above all else, everyone is just going to be so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to play. 
that there's going to be a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions involved. And I know from, from my vantage point, I'm just going to be telling them to enjoy the moment. And, you know, it could, it could be taken from us at any given time. So go out there, take it all in, enjoy the moment and just play and compete. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, softball is such a fast game. I don't think people necessarily who don't watch it, don't appreciate the speed of the game, you know, how athletic the girls are and um, what, what a fun game it can be. Um, and, and there's a lot of home runs now, especially if you're at Oklahoma, they get a lot of home runs. So, um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so if you hit 13 in a game, that's pretty good. So, uh, but I guess that's pretty good. So you're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, so as you go down there, you're, you, when are you guys taking off? Uh, Thursday morning, yeah. Thursday morning. And then you'll play Thursday Friday, morning. Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Is that the way it works? Yep. Friday, um, Friday, two, 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 uh, doubleheader, uh, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan. Yeah. Is there, a, and so it's, I guess it's for you guys, it's a little bit weird because it used to be more of a, you know, you play like a series, like maybe single game, doubleheader, single game, four game series on a weekend. It's obviously different for a lot of the girls though. They're used to playing, you know, these six games in a weekend thing because that's what they grew up yeah. doing, you know? So for them, it's probably, uh, a little bit different. Does it mean that you need more depth, not just at pitcher, but also behind the plate and also in the other positions too? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with COVID, uh, with the extra year given, a lot of uh, everyone's roster sizes are enlarged right now. Um, So it did give us the ability to maybe tinker with some of the scheduling um, experimentation that we're doing or lack thereof, I guess. But um, yeah, I think everything's everybody is important at this point, um, especially, you know, God forbid that we get anybody into quarantine or situation. Um, I think every team is probably going to go really deep on their bench um, again, just for to last the long haul, going through the whole six game weekend. Um, and not only that, we're trying to play through May and early June. So, um, again, we want to win right now, obviously, but we have we have bigger pictures in mind as well. So. And no Big Ten tournament this year, so it's going to be Big Ten schedule, and then you hopefully head into the NCAA tournament at the end. So it's going to look a little different there, too. Yeah, and it, it was unfortunate. We were set to host um, in 2020, um, so there is no Big Ten tournament this year. Um, it will be a different feel, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. These kids are used to playing so much. Uh, it might have a travel ball feel to it um, down there in Florida the, this first four, this first couple weekends. Um, with all the all the teams being on one site um, and all the the complexes with so many fields, um, so so yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, will the games be televised? Uh, can they get them stream them? Um, right now, BTN Plus is going to stream them, um, which is a student U um, organization, and I think they're still working with Flow Softball to get those on their site as well. Awesome. Well, that that's great. I mean, we're, I'm really, I know I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys play out this spring and uh, getting an opportunity to see what you guys can do. I, I, I'm very, very excited to see what, uh, see the big 10. I mean, there's no, there's no easy games. This is all big 10. So you guys just dive right in and uh, with both feet and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, everyone's going to be so grateful to play. It's going to provide a little bit of uh, an adrenaline rush for sure. Each game, I think so. Uh, the competition is going to be high, but we're, we are looking forward to it. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Lance. I appreciate you coming on. Don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're going to probably get, get, start getting packed. You know, get get the orange and blue stuff. Make sure you get that and not the black and gold stuff out of the closet. And then, and then we'll kind of we, we'll go from there. So all right, Lance McMahon, uh, Fighting Illini pitching coach. Uh, they're getting ready to start the softball season this weekend down in Florida. 
Um, this is Sturdy for 30. Thanks for listening.